Welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully. This is a podcast to elevate teacher voice. In this program, you will hear teachers sharing their journey into this profession and their ideas for education. This is about honest, vulnerable, inspiring storytelling. It's a time and a space for teachers to share their ideas for the future of education. Teachers are beautiful beings who give their heart and soul to their community. They're innovators. They're inspirational, not only to children, but to the people around them and they deserve to share their voice. So welcome to The Teacher's Story. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully, and today we have Eleni Theodorou with us. She is a bully interventionist uh, educator and anti-bullying educator. She has um, She's an author with her children's books for her program. She's the president of Telling Tales Publication, and she's originally from South Africa, and a lot of her storytelling in her books comes from um, her, you know, background and culture in South Africa. So I'm so excited to share uh, her story today. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Jackie. I'm so excited to be part of our uh, interview today on this beautiful Sunday. Yes. And forward to uh, these discussions we have today. <laughs> Me too. And it's funny that uh, we're both in New Jersey. And so we're not too far apart from one another now. And so maybe in the future, we'll get to meet in person. Would love that. Would love that. I'll, I'll come down from the north. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first question for you is what originally inspired you to become a children's book author and then get into this work of anti-bullying uh, prevention? Well, interesting story. My, my background is in psychology and um, many years ago, more than 15 years ago, um, I was working with one of the top play therapists in South Africa and she encouraged me to take an additional course in uh, play therapy. So I did that. We got given a, a final assignment. It was a case study um, and we were asked to write a story so the child in the case study would be able to relate to it and thereby hopefully open uh, communication between us so that we would be able to work with them. So I scribbled my little story about a porcupine in pencil and I handed it in and I was just done. And um, years later, I think it was probably about seven years ago, um, in conversation, my mom was like, you know, you were always really good at creative writing. And I remember you wrote a story about a porcupine why don't you put pen to paper, you know, get a, get a book published. So I was like, well, what do I know about publishing a book, you know, and I was working long hours and commuting long hours. And I just, you know, so mummy dearest gave me some tough love and told me to figure it out. <laughs> so I was burning the midnight oil and uh, learning and reading online of how to become a self-published author, because as you know, it's tough to get into any publishing house. And uh, I was just rearing to go, um, you know, so I, put it all together. I have my background in brain profiling as well and the related coaching with that. So I started to um, put some activities together. And uh, I also knew I didn't want my children's book to be just another children's book. I wanted it to facilitate healthy conversations, whether it be in the classroom or bedtime, you know, between children um, and their caregivers or their adults. So um, at the back of each of my book are a list of questions that relate to the story that they can discuss. And um, started out at first just reading in people's backyards at barbecues at libraries and you know simple things to get started and eventually I was like wait a minute I still have that experience with the brain profiling and all of the other mm -hmm. you know uh 
courses that I'd taken. So I started to put those activities together and, and inadvertently became a bullying prevention educator. <laughs> so um, it is a multi-sensory experience, a culturally rich experience mm. uh, for children. Um, my main character is an African crested porcupine because there's quite a difference between an African crested porcupine and a North American porcupine, which is a little more fuzzy. And um, his name is Noko. The series is called Noko the Night. And um, yeah, I eventually had this program put together in its initial stages, did pro bono work at schools locally, mm -hmm. and then it took off from there. So I now have programs for kindergarten right through to grades five and six. Oh, wow. um, fortunately, I'm able to speak a little bit of Spanish. My books are available in Spanish and Afrikaans as well. Afrikaans is one of our home languages back home. And um, uh, all my material is also available, educational material is available in those languages. So get to go to the schools now. I'm able to connect with our Spanish-speaking students. Um, mm. My dad is Greek. My name is Greek, as you, as we just discussed. And uh, so it was easier for me to pick up on the Spanish and pronounce those words as best I can. And the connection with the kids is just incredible. So mm. we're able to work with our ESL classes and even with our special ed classes as well, with the story time, with the, um, the actual presentation um, and the the programs really um so yeah so that was the start all because of um, mummy pushing me <laughs> to get it done and um and here we are and I've developed further programs um since then and you know schools are bringing me in as a speaker and it really is a privilege for me to share not only my story but also about my our cultures back home mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. the students get to learn about each of my characters they retain their traditional African tribal names so we get to pronounce that together in class in a very encouraging setting um, and I tell the kids, well, look at that. You just learned a whole bunch of new languages today. Mm -hmm. um, and I let them understand that in South Africa, we have 11 official languages. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So we get to pronounce that. We get to learn about Noko, his behavior towards his friends, the consequences he needs to face. So the first book um, that I have behind me, the orange one, Noko the Night, an Unexpected Gift, is the book that my bullying prevention programs are based on. And we, we unpack from there. Yeah. Wow. I love this idea that it was birthed from first a class that you yeah. took. I know so many people. I have a friend who's a podcaster and his podcast is like taking off and it started with a class in his second master's program. Wow. So sometimes, you know, and this is like a cool thing to talk about with teachers. Sometimes you might create a project mm -hmm. for your class that a student does. That's just for maybe like, again, that class, and then it hits them later in yes. the future of like, wait, I have some skill and talent here. This might be something I want to foster. And it can sometimes happen much later in life. So just like, you know, you did this class and then like your mom mentioned, hey, you have something here. You should, you know, go with it. And now it's like taken off to be this whole program in schools. I think that's fabulous. I love it. Thank you. It was not part of my grand plan, but apparently, you know, it was meant to be and here we are. And it's such a, such a privilege, such a privilege. Yeah. And I just posted about this, just saying, um, you know, it wasn't part of my grand plan. And my dad always said, life happens when you're not making plans. Sometimes so things just fall in your lap and then it happens. True. And I'm um, so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Before we go into maybe a little bit more about you working with kids and teachers and bringing this into schools. Can you tell us a little bit of, more about the story and the characters and how you tie in that cultural piece? And you do some things with like the environment as well, right? 
Absolutely, yeah. yes. So, um, like I mentioned, I didn't want the story just to be a flat story. I wanted to add some dimension to it and some activities because, quite frankly, I am a little long-winded when it comes to writing my story. So it is a little long for the kids and I break up the story um, with different activities, mindfulness activities. Um, mm. But to give you a little rundown of uh, the first book, um, Noko the Night, uh, An Unexpected Gift, Noko hears he's about to become a big brother. And he has all these big feelings inside and he's not sure what to make of it. And he's walking around uh, alone in the darkness of the bush felt, you know, the forest. And um, one of his dear friends in Yorka, the African rock python comes to the ring by and overhears what Noko is saying. And he asks him, Noko, what's the matter? And Noko is startled and he he's he's so shocked by this unexpected one, you know, unexpected guest that he's he starts to shake and his quills start to rattle, and then um his quills shoot out and accidentally yeah. the snake. Yeah. Uh, also an educational point, I make a confession when we do the at the end of the reading. I'm like, guys and girls, I have a confession to make. Porcupines do not shoot out their quills and then oh the students yeah. are <laughs> you know and I'm like well you know in real life porcupines like most animals give us a variety of warning signs before they try to defend themselves or their families so that's the that's how I tied into the nature you know aspect mm -hmm. of it and um, they get to feel real porcupine quills um, mm. which I have right behind me that's so neat <laughs> here we go I promise I did not pluck any porcupines <laughs> Yeah. from the Staten Island Zoo they have a resident um, porcupine named uh, Bintu uh, which I got to meet a few years ago and I got to present for their patrons or to their patrons and uh, they collected these beautiful quills um, mm. you know from his den which I now use as part of my my presentation as well and compare our behavior to that mm. of porcupines in nature and compare these sharp quills to when we choose to be unkind or don't include um, others at playtime at recess or at lunchtime, things like that. So they get to feel the real quills and then Noko has to face the consequences of his behavior. So he goes back to school. Um, it's a big baobab tree in my story that I call nature's night school because all of my creatures are nocturnal <laughs> all that topic as well. And um, upon arriving at school, his friends want to know, hey, what happened? And it's all in a very compassionate setting. So mm -hmm. I encourage children to come from a place of curiosity instead of judgment and um, being critical. And um, and then they explore the house and they go, hey, what happened between you and the snake? And they give him the opportunity to share his side of the story and they forgive him. And we we touch on that topic as well, the importance of forgiveness and what that really means for friendships, mm. not just among students, but with adults too. And um, so that's really the, the crux of the story with Noko and his friends and eventually his little baby, I won't give it away. I'm not going to let you know. <laughs> baby girl the baby boy we have that competition at the end of the story as well <laughs> in the class. and um then he, he realizes his duty as a big brother and he fulfills that role mm. so it's a very relatable story um you know for most of the children and they love to share about their families and, and their younger brothers and sisters and uh so it makes for an interesting presentation for sure i'm sure and i love this like whole um you're bringing in so many different areas of, you know, skill and growth and learning of like learning about another language, learning about another country, learning about animals and animals from another country and compared to animals we have here. Um, and then also obviously the SEL, the social emotional learning and consequences and how to be compassionate 
family, but then you have this multi-sensory experience with the quill, and then they can also share about their connection. So it's really um, this holistic way of teaching. You know, you know, we think of like a book or an SEL program is very one-dimensional, but this seems like it's very multi, you know, faceted. Um, can you tell maybe a story or something about uh, going into a school or going into a class and doing this presentation with a group of students or like working with the teachers and how they could um, incorporate this as well? Well, absolutely. So I've actually, the pandemic was really <laughs> an opportunity for me to find other skills and, you know, work a little bit on those. And I created some videos, animated videos um, with NoGo um, that tie into my SEL curriculum, which we now make available for PD training. And um, so we have videos that teachers can just log on to on my YouTube channel, Nook of the Night. Um, we have a lovely one that's about three minutes long teaching children tactical breathing exercises, mm. which um, I had learned uh, that is being practiced within the military. Um, so we teach kids about that. And I actually have a school counselor as one of my newer characters because oh, we have wow. school counselors very much. And, um, and Counselor ZB taught Noko how to do these uh, breathing exercises. So we do it all mm. together. And I have little gifs of Noko doing his little breathing exercises like this and winking at the kids, you know. So, um, so teachers are able to use those videos. Um, and then I have all sorts of activities that when, when I'm done with a presentation, I leave them with uh, a packet. So they will have some activities to do with the younger children, which are more around, you know, creating their own bookmarks that are all within the Noka the Night theme and within the theme of uh, bullying prevention. Yes, I am a knight. I choose to do what's right. I choose to be kind. Actually, my, my main slogan is it's cool to be kind with the big heart. They get to color that in as well. Uh, and then the bookmarks, they get to uh, personalize their own bookmarks and stick them together and have that on hand. And, and the students get certificates too. So they're not only intrinsically motivated, but extrinsically as well mm -hmm. through my presentations and we have posters for the classrooms and one big poster for the school entrance you know so all all can see it including our adults <laughs> noco bus bullying um so or we bus bullying like noco um but yes i i do have activities free resources on my website in english spanish and afrikaans that teachers are welcome to download and enjoy with their students with the older students the three through five uh, grades three through five I actually have an assignment packet that I leave with the teachers mm -hmm. and I encourage them to do at least one assignment a week for, I think there are like five activities in there. Um, really encouraging students to explore their emotions, you know, how they, they uh, prefer to cope or give them some skills to help them uh, cope in, in stressful situations. Um, and we also leave the session on a, on a high, on a positive note where I, 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 I have students understand how hard teachers are really working to make sure yeah. that they're happy and healthy, safe and successful at school. And I remind students that we need to show our, our teachers respect and our appreciation. You know, most teachers come in well before early in the morning, before students mm. are there, they leave well into the late afternoon, and, you know, but, and then they still have to attend to their families, you know, back home. So I, I give students that perspective as well. And I remind them to make uh, their pinky porcupine promise. <laughs> 
Um, to choose to be kind and respectful, to choose to speak up when they see someone is not okay, yeah. needs help, or even if themselves, if they need help. And then also part of that promise is to show our appreciation to our teachers. And we go into that, like, how can we show our appreciation to teachers? Um, and then we go, you know, and the teachers appreciate that so much. For sure. Uh, I really do. I I see you and I I really do appreciate our teachers, you know, and, and what goes into the sacrifices that are made. Um, so I really feel that our teachers need um, that support as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that this is such a great support for the teachers and you have everything there. Yeah. You know, you can go in and do the presentation so they get a feel for it. But then here are the materials and the PD that they can have as well. And um, do you feel like this time, like living through the pandemic and coming out, are we, because I talk about this on the show a lot, like as my like piece before we get into education reform, as a time where it's kind of an opening to have more of these conversations about like our, you know, emotional state, our mental health state, like how to take care of each other. Like, do you find that you're having more success with your book and this program and these conversations are coming up more as you're talking to more schools and teachers that are parent communities absolutely um it is vital that we help our children first of all understand what it is that they're feeling and then help them regulate their nervous systems um you know stress is coming at us from all angles and then you know to add on technology and um you know social media and that for the older students they really do need our help in terms of um navigating this navigating those emotions navigating these difficult times and um I do believe that the social emotional learning element is just as important, important as the rest of the subjects that we have in school. Um, because at the end of the day, once we leave school, we may or may not choose to go to college or a trade school, but we're inevitably going to have to interact with the world. Right. And we're going to have to be able to regulate our emotions. We're going to be able to control what we say and what we do, um, whether it be in our personal relationships, romantic relationships, or professional relationships, or even just being, you know, on the road, driving on a stressful, you know, on a stressful, mm -hmm. stressful day and you're on the road, you know, so much can be avoided if we're able to um, regulate our, what we're feeling and, and manage our stress levels. So um, I do believe that schools want, so far the schools I've interacted with, and I believe there are many more, that want to support this even more, to mm -hmm. incorporate this into the curriculum, um, not only for their students, but for their staff as well. I mean, the workload is incredible, what most teachers are, are um, you know, facing and having to, to work through. So, um, I'll always be an advocate of wholesome SEL, um, mm -hmm. teaching these wholesome values to kids, um, helping them make smarter choices, the right choices, um, and then taking good care of ourselves first so that mm -hmm. we're able to manage ourselves and then be part of the solution for the greater group and for the school culture as well on, on a bigger scale. Yeah, and I, I heard from a lot of different people kind of after coming back from virtual there are a lot of behavioral issues in schools, especially at the elementary and middle school. I teach high school and I'm in a small private school and we actually weren't virtual too long besides the lockdown and then here and there in 2020, 2021. But it's across the board, it's been very challenging for students to come back to school and then, you know, their social development is lagged, their cognitive development is lagged. And then they're trying to get back into a rhythm when maybe a lot of what they were doing for a year, year and a half was on their own and mm -hmm. not doing a lot of like 
social interaction where they they need to problem solve, you know, with these different areas. So then when you're thrown back into school and you've been alone for a long time and they're just still learning, they're like, they're very reactive, right? Yeah. And they probably don't know how to regulate those emotions. So I could see something like this and just real, like you said, wholesome SEL across the board being like one of the top priorities in school at all levels right now, because we can't go back and say, none of this happened in the last two and a half years. And we're just going to go back to 2019 and do it the same way. Like we can't like we're, and maybe, maybe that's better this way. Like maybe before how we were doing school was too focused on content and focused on subject matter. And we really truly were not thinking about the whole child. Cause I know coming out of college when I was starting to be a teacher, it was like 2005, the whole push was technology. Mm. Everything was like, how do we make education better? Technology, STEM, that was like the big thing. And it was really about, cause we need to be competing mm-hmm. with other countries. And for so long, education has been about competition, competition with student against student within a school. You have different tracks and groups of students who's on honor roll, who's winning these awards, and then competition with other countries looking at test scores. And we just never were paying attention to how do we actually foster a human being? Like, how do we foster a child then into teen and young adult to be a good human being and have healthy relationships and healthy relationship with themselves first and then healthy relationships with others. So that whole intrapersonal, interpersonal skills, I think are, should be prioritized 100% even before subject matter. And I'm a history psychology teacher, so I'm right there with you as psychology. So I think it needs to be, um, you know, what we should be focusing on. Like if I were to go back to my school and meet with faculty and say like, what PD do we want right now? Like the professional development I want is how to really support our children in having um, important conversations and relationships, all of this SEL work, because it's a struggle right now. Like it really is. And ultimately it doesn't matter what work they're doing. Like you said, if they go to college, trade school, you're a human in the world. You're interacting with lots of people. We're also, our world's becoming more diversified. Our country in America is very diverse. Like you need to be able to interact with people from different backgrounds. And, you know, we're a polarized country. We're a polarized society. And so this is this work is part of combating that too. Combating all of these divisions that we have with everyone falling into their groups. Mm-hmm. It's because they don't know how to interact with different people. And so I think on a bigger scale, this is a really important part of school. So I don't know if there's anything else you want to just add about kind of this piece in where education's going in the future and like what we really should be prioritizing and looking at in our education system. I definitely, um, and obviously, you know, I have my agenda of wanting to help children um, be uplifted and empowered within themselves and then be able to contribute in big ways and in good ways, you know, in society. But, you know, you had mentioned going to college and I remember the pressure on us to, you know, competing to, you know, get into college and then in college or university, um, how tough that is. And, um, you know, I've been reading some studies and it's so sad to see how many college students are truly struggling Mm. and eventually resort to 
you know, unhealthy ways of coping, uh, yeah. you know, with their stress, with the pressure, whether coming from home or from the outside. Um, so it is vital that we help our children during their formative years to learn it and normalize it, normalize the mm -hmm. focus on social emotional learning um, and, and the value thereof. Um, so I, I will always encourage not only schools, but families too. So mm -hmm. when I when I do my presentations, um, the students obviously get their little goodies to take home, and um, we make a pinky promise that they will go and teach their families what they learned mm -hmm. with me and Noko um, during the presentation. The breathing exercises, what they learned about Noko's behavior, and how Noko made it right with his friends, and how we can do better in the future. You know, to try and spark those conversations at home as well. We don't always know what's going on at home, and as you say, yeah. we live. In Diverse um, society, so people come with different, um, you know, mindsets and different ideas of, you know, how to handle conflict and how to handle, you know, mental health issues. There are many communities that, or, or cultures that don't believe in even talking about mental health at all. Mm -hmm. So um, it is, it is important that we're able to support our kids that way and sort of encourage that message, you know, in positive ways at home. Um, the interesting thing is I now have schools that are asking me if I'll do workshops with parents and I'm very happy because I'm actually working on something for the new school year for parents. Um, so it, it really is important that we come together as a community yeah. for the sake of our children because eventually they are going to be, you know, our leaders and, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, if we don't have really good communication skills, what does that mean in a, on a global scale? You know, if we're unable to manage our stress or manage what we say, you know, <laughs> um, it could, you know, have detrimental impacts later on in life. So um, mm -hmm. I, I will always support schools. And I actually do. When, when a school or an organization invites me to come and present, I believe in win-win uh, opportunities and I shine a positive light. I offer them positive publicity across my um, social media platforms and on my website, you know. Uh, so it is important that we also uh, reward those who are seeing the value of social emotional learning um, and, and Im actually implementing it in their schools, in their organizations, um, and really support one another that way. Yeah. And I love this piece about the parents because I talked about this on the show that I think there needs to be more of um, a collaborative effort with parents, teachers, admin coming together and knowing that all of these, you know, I hate to say the word stakeholders, but, you know, in the world of stakeholders, but they're all stakeholders in education and coming together to support the child is really, you know, you know, important because you can't do it in a silo. You can't just have a teacher doing the work and no one else's or you can't have like the parents combating the teachers or the teachers combating the parents because I think there's um there's transparencies missing like there's sometimes parents don't know what's going on in the school or, or knowing the purpose of curriculum and I think you need to have those conversations so bringing parents into the work that you're doing and how it's implemented in the classroom and they're part of the process then it just opens the door to say like we want you here too. We want your input too. We want your questions or concerns or whatever that may be. Because generationally, this is different. You know, we're in like that kind of Gen X millennial generation where we're kind of still, we get it and having those conversations with our kids. But um, generations before that, they didn't talk about this stuff. Or like when I was in school, we didn't talk about it. So you do have to kind of understand that if you're doing this in school, but there's no connection at home, they might be like, what are you doing? Like, what is this? Because they don't, 
they didn't have that in school. They don't know what this looks like. So um, I think parents just want information. They don't want to be in the dark. And I think the pandemic um, opened up a door because they got to see what was going on in the classroom on Zoom to be like, oh, this is different. Oh, I didn't know you learned in this way. And, you know, maybe there was some pushback here and there about curriculum uh, with certain subjects, but ultimately it's probably because they just have questions. They just don't know what's being taught and they just need to know why are we doing this? Like what is important about it? So I love this piece. I think that will strengthen the program and it will strengthen the community in the school. Absolutely. I want parents to see their school as an ally. You know, yes. I always encourage parents, get to know your child's teacher, get to know the school counselor, get to know the principal, you know, make those meetings, um, you know, you know, go to the the, the, the parent teacher meetings, um, be involved in the PTA if you can. Mm -hmm. I understand that many parents are busy, you know, many of them have multiple jobs, um, you know, so I'm respectful and, and understanding of that. But any opportunity just to, like you say, learn, get to know the school culture, get to, you know, learn more about the team that you, your child is working with and because that would just make it so much easier if there is something that needs further attention mm -hmm. in the bud, okay these are the plans plans of action that we can try and see which one is the best fit and then go with that but yes my aim really is and I still do when, when a parent calls me I encourage them get to understand uh you know get to meet the teacher you know get, build that relationship and the students as well I when I talk mm -hmm. to the students I have to say listen your teacher wants to know that you are okay that you're doing well at school Teachers go into teaching for the most part, I believe, because it's a passion of theirs and um, they want to see their children thrive. And um, so that trust is also very important to build mm -hmm. up in the class. I explained to students that this is your family away from your mm -hmm. family at home. You're together what, six hours a day. Mm -hmm. We look out for each other. And I actually just made a video um, because once I'm done presenting about a month later, I email a video uh, to the school coordinator that shared with the teachers where I'm popping in to check that they're living up to or keeping their porcupine promise. Mm -hmm. And for the older students, I just make mention that, you know, younger students are looking up to you. Mm -hmm. so they're seeing how you're behaving. And yes, it is a, a heavy crown to wear, to bear. Um, but keep in mind that these little eyes are watching you guys on the yes. playground, they're, you know, at recess or in the hallways. So let's just do better mm -hmm. every day, let's make smarter choices. And I'm, I'm transparent with the kids. I say, look, even as adults, we make mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's imperative that we acknowledge them. We, we recognize that, acknowledge it, and then um, ask for forgiveness and do better the next day, not make yes. mistakes again. <laughs> I love that. And I love the conversation. I like really, Whenever you're teaching something to a child, it's, I think, talking about the purpose, like the purpose of this lesson, the purpose of these connections. And I like the idea of the older students being like the stewards in their community and you're having little eyes on you looking up to you. That's very, very true. I like, you know, we talk about this in my psychology class when we talk about observational learning. I'm like, all those, you know, siblings you have or smaller kids, they're listening and watching everything you do and they will remember and they Absolutely. may mirror it as well. So good or bad behavior. So mm -hmm. you are very influential. Um, have you received any, I don't know, like off the top of your head, I don't want to put you on the spot, but any like feedback or testimonials from either kids that have said anything about the story or program or teachers or schools that you could just share some of like that 
Absolutely. I've had some fun moments, let me tell you. <laughs> um, one of the most memorable ones, um, I'd actually served my own city. Um, I, I was brought in to work with all of the elementary schools, which I, I was so honored to do. Um, and about a year and a half later, I was at a local community Zumba class and I was drenched. And I looked like a real a lobster, boiled lobster, I was red and sweaty. And I had these three little kids running after me left and right. I'm like, well, what is going on here? And they're looking at me and then they're chatting amongst themselves, little ones. And so when we finally got a break <laughs> from the, the Zumba class, they came up to me and they go, excuse me, but are you Noko's mom? I was like, yeah, how do you know me? And I mean, I looked so different from, you know, presenting at school and they're like, you were at our school and I was like oh my gosh my school so they told me and they're like well I asked them so what did Noko teach you do you remember and they started to rattle off the lessons that Noko were taught yeah. about kindness about you know forgiveness and and being there for one another you know so it was that was so touching to mm. me that these kids recognized me out of the school mm -hmm. uh, environment and um and they were able to to um you know, remember those lessons. And I had a similar experience where I was invited back to a school for a luncheon, a different school, three years later. And I was placed at the table with some of the fifth graders and they're looking at me and I'm looking at them and they're like, we know who you are. You <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, the porcupine. And I was like, oh, really? And then we started, you know, chatting about that. And I showed them my second book, Noko the Night, What's Your Tribe's Treasure? So that story focuses on cultural appreciation. And um, and cultural diversity. So Noko and his friends, they, you know, it's recess time and each of the characters are, you know, they've got their little lunches, their lunch bags, and uh, Noko notices the different lunches and the curious lunch that uh, Mabudu the art wolf is eating. He's slurping up some Mapani worms and he's like, what is that? You know, and they, they explore the different foods. And as a teacher, I'm sure you might have witnessed such conversations in the in the lunchroom. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, well, wait a minute. I want to learn what's so special about your family. And I want to teach you what's mm -hmm. special about my family. So he invited them home. He invites them home. And then he shows them his, his prized collection. I'm not going to give it away. But it's a very interesting collection that he has. <laughs> he actually shares them. He gives them favors to take home as well. And then they have a conversation about it the next day at school. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a very special um, story, that one in particular. And I incorporate our Heritage Day, which we celebrate mm -hmm. September 24th in South Africa so they get to learn about you know the way our traditions back home and our celebrations um but yes yeah, so those are the two stories that come to mind in particular with students that had found me outside of school um with teachers I was just brought back to a school district I think this was probably my fifth contract with them so I'm very grateful for that wow. The superintendent bringing me back in had me working with all of these elementary uh, schools and um when I got to meet the district curriculum director, I hadn't met her before. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to meet you. You won't believe this, but all the teachers are so thrilled that you're coming back. Cause I had oh. saw them, I presented last, I think it was 2019. So just before yeah. um, the shutdowns and um, they were so excited to see me and have me back and they love the presentations. And I actually include the teachers in the presentation. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, it's a very interactive experience for them too. And then when I got to the classes, some of the students I had presented to years before, they would have their Noko the Night book and they would on their desk and they would wait for me to notice and they would slide it forward to see if I would notice. Mm -hmm. 
books, you know, and then I would tell them, listen, you're not allowed to give away the answers, okay? So, um, because, you know, I have certain questions that I ask them throughout the presentation, you're not allowed to give away the, you know, the gender of the baby, and um, and so we make it fun that way, and, um, you know, it's just all around such a special experience, and we've gotten wonderful reviews from top our superintendents all the way to our teachers and I'm so grateful for the wonderful feedback I've been getting and I'm always open to feedback I'm you know I'm learning and growing too as a mm -hmm. presenter so I love to hear you know if there's anything I need to improve on and and um, tweak them as needed yeah this is wonderful I'm so glad that you've received that type of feedback and it's great to see how kids will just come up to you and share um, their takeaway and how they remember you and that stays with them. Mm -hmm. And as you were speaking through this whole interview, but just in this particular part with the feedback, um, it just feels like joy. And that is one of my big kind of, you know, mission and visions for how, you know, we can make school better is that we need to infuse joy. And I think social emotional learning is part of that, but like these playful characters and these like stories about culture and I love this like second book of like culture identity and like going home and talking about food and like let me share this and whenever students share about their own background especially anything to do with food they they light up like every you know they light up and they're so excited we had a cultural day um it was part of our silver black history month we had our BSU do a Black History Month Spirit Week, which is really fun. And like each day was a different theme. And on the last day was like cultural identity of any background. And so you can represent that through clothes or just through an artifact or whatever. And in my history class, I said, oh, it's cultural day. Let's each go around and share something about our background. And it ended up taking the whole, almost the whole class, but I'm like, you know what? It was worth it. It was a worthwhile conversation. And they were all like, super lit up and these are 11th graders these are juniors in high school and they were asking each other questions and you know they they felt a little like timid like I don't know if this is a good question to ask but I'm really just coming out of curiosity like it was a very like open safe environment um where you know that doesn't happen like all the time and so those moments of joy and like seeing students light up is just so special and I think like this is this is just a powerful uh, program that you have. I'd love to see it in as many schools as possible. Do you want to just talk about in kind of this last part before we share like your uh, contact information uh, to share with the listeners, any uh, about expansion of your program? I think you mentioned something about this developing back in your home country too in South Africa, right? So Noka was born in South Africa, as I mentioned before, out of a play therapy assignment. And I joke and I say, well, he was raised here in America as a teenager and I was going back to South Africa uh, to make a big impact on children back home. So we've just launched uh, Noka the Night and the Noka Bus Bullying programs uh, back home, as well as the my uh, K through two social emotional learning curriculum for teachers. We have a pilot school lined up in my hometown where I was born in KwaZulu-Natal. So I'm very excited for that. Um, and they would like for us to do it in English and Afrikaans to start. So um, so that's very exciting uh, for us to, for me to know that we're able to reach our children back home as well. Um, here in the US, you know, I'm signing, booking up for as a speaker uh, at schools. Um, I offer assemblies for per grade as well as um, individual classes. Um, the individual classes have been uh, quite popular mm -hmm. because it is a 
smaller intimate space for children to explore the topics and to feel comfortable to speak up and it really offers an opportunity to maximize on the experience with students and the return on investment for the school but I understand that school schedules don't always allow for that so yeah. we have the assemblies we'll get them done in a day and they still have a big impact on students and they still get their, their takeaway goodies that um, I leave them with um, so yes we're preparing for the new school year any schools that are interested in using up budgets that they need to use up for this school year we still have a few spots available um, and um, I'm actually busy I just got the illustrations back for my third book oh wow <laughs> that one is a, a cookbook for kids because I come from a bicultural home my mom's Afrikaans my dad is Greek we were raised mainly Greek and um, but we were you know very fortunate to be able to embrace both cultures and um, I'm actually introducing my Greek culture in, in my third book it's called Noko the Night's Kitchen Delights and um, he has love a it. cousin that's flying in from Greece with some of my favorite ingredients from from Greece and um, it's going to be a wholesome cookbook for kids I actually have merchandise that ties into that as well. We have our little chef apron um, sets, uh, Noko, Chef Noko's apron sets, and we have the t-shirts. It's cool to be kind t-shirts, um, cookie decorating kits for kids. So we're promoting it's cool to be kind parties as birthday parties. And um, Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. So we have little yes. decorating kits and uh, they'll get everything they need. They'll get a few cookies in there, gluten-free cookies. They are delicious, I promise. <laughs> and um, they'll get everything they need to decorate their little Noko the Night cookies, uh, him and his friends and the slogan, it's cool to be kind. And um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to the new school year where we'll be able to work with the parents, you know, do those workshops. I'm working on um, offering one-on-one -on -one coaching for parents and their and the families. Um, mm. when it comes to bullying prevention, and um, and then of course the the school presentations coming in as a, a speaker and um, having these fun uh, experiences and presentations with the kids. This is impressive. And all of this from a assignment in class and a little prodding from your mom. Absolutely. I love it. I mean, this cookbook coming out, this sounds like so much fun. Like, I'm like, I want to go back into being in like first grade again. Um, I could see kids like dressing up and be like, let's make something. And again, food just connects people and to bring all the different cultures into it. And I think when you start young, then as they get into like middle school and older, they have that that um, experience with interacting with other cultures and people and being open-minded to it. So that again, we're not having these polarized groups mm -hmm. and having all of this like, you know, debates back and forth, but like a curiosity and joy of wanting to get to know people from different backgrounds. I think that is a great takeaway. Yes. And, um, you know, we're going to focus on wholesome ingredients from the moment you walk into a store, making healthy choices there. Mm making healthy snacks together little simple things that kids can can you know help mommy and daddy with in the, in the kitchen and, and make or make for themselves um with some videos and some you know research behind backing it all as well and um and also most of the ingredients i'll be incorporating will be ingredients that noko and his friends enjoy too minus the worms of course <laughs> <laughs> that is so fun i love it can you um Tell us where our listeners can find you, your best like contact information. I'll include that in the show notes as well. Thank you. So it's Noko the Night, N-O-K-O the Night, night with a K, dot com, Noko the Night dot com. Or you can reach out to me by email, press at Noko and friends dot com. 
Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. And I'm, I'm really impressed with the work you're doing. I could see this expanding to many more schools and I hope it does because this is really important work. And I think the, the kids, it sounds like the kids and the teachers, they're loving it. So congratulations. This is amazing. This was a lovely conversation and uh, I want to wish everybody a beautifully blessed uh, year ahead and I uh, look forward to serving your schools. <laughs> Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Teacher's Story. If you like this story, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also follow this podcast on YouTube and subscribe and leave a comment. All reviews help this podcast keep going and elevating teacher voices.